Welcome back, podcast listeners, to the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. I want to thank you for joining me, Britt Myers, your host, and I have a great show for you today. I'm joined by a co-host who's going to help me out. He's a fan of the person joining us. This person is a star, a bona fide star, and he is just on his way up and ascending quickly. We're going to let my co-host fill you in on him momentarily. Before I do that, I want to thank our friends in Radioland at WKWF AM 1600 and 103.3. FM, you early risers out there. I hope you enjoy the show and thank you. For our mainstream podcast listeners from Spotify and Apple and Amazon and so on, you know what to do. And you can find this show and so many others if you go to our website at keysweekly.com, keysweekly.com. There's a podcast tab up at the top of the screen where you'll see our Facebook and Instagram social media tabs. It's up there. Click on that and you can go back and get any of our podcasts. Uh, And hopefully you enjoy those shows. And I appreciate all of you listening. With that, let's get to it. Uh, We are sponsored by Overseas Media Group. I want to thank them. They make this happen. That's Overseas Media Group, OMG. That's the local group that creates websites in the Florida Keys. They do social media. They do SEO. Uh, Any of your digital services, they do that. And it's a great group. They have a world of expertise that you need, but they do it with a service that you expect. And that's that's a great thing to have in Florida Keys and throughout. So thank you, Overseas Media Group at OverseasMediaGroup.com. My co-host today on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast is my partner in crime up in Marathon. He is our Marathon Florida editor at the Marathon Weekly. He is a fan of the person we are interviewing today, and he's excited about it, and he's got a lot of insight on this artist who will be joining us momentarily. But before we do that, let me introduce my co-host, who is none other than Alex Reichert, our editor at the Marathon Weekly. Alex, thanks for joining me, man. I'm excited for you to be doing this. And with that, I will let you introduce who our guest is going to be here in just a couple of minutes. Absolutely, Britt. I'm thrilled to be here as well. The person that we have coming up next, you guys have probably seen him or at least heard him with his newest hit, Son of a a Sinner, Um, but he has an extensive musical history spanning across multiple genres over the last decade plus. Uh, Like Britt said, his star is just continuing to rise, and soon he will be right up there with those major, major, major headliners, if honestly he's not there already. I think he's uh, kind of on his way already. But we have coming on none other than Jelly Roll. That's right, Alex. Jelly Roll is going to join us. That Son of a Sinner song is everywhere. And he's going to be joining us because he's the headliner at the Key, the 27th Annual Key West Songwriters Fest here on May 5th. He's the headliner. The festival's going on all week from May 3rd, I think, till May 7th. But that's the headliner. It's going to be at the Coffee Butler Amphitheater, brought to you by Ram's Head and Songwriters Fest. And speaking of Ram's Head, during that festival, they're going to have live music all day, every day, from 1 to 10 p.m. down at Ram's Head Southern. Most so, yeah, you never know who's going to pop in. It's awesome music throughout Key West, but I want to give them a shout out because they're great partners of ours, and I appreciate that team over there as we get ready for Songwriters Festival. Now, again, Jelly Roll is headlining that event. His name is Jason DeFord. We're not going to bug him with that stuff today, Alex, because most people that you, you, you look at him, he's known as Jelly Roll. Uh, he's raised up in the Nashville area, but most people know, I think, Alex, son of a sinner, but. If they haven't seen Jelly Roll, a lot of times it's not what you expect, right? He's a bigger guy. He's got tattoos on his face. And he's not necessarily just 
pigeonholed or painted into the country music corner. Now, that said, he just got out of the CMT Music Awards with three pieces of hardware. The guy took it over. He was it was not his first three nominations. He won all three of those nominations. One of those was for uh, Best Male Video of the Year with Son of a Sinner. And that's a big deal. All three of those he won, though. And so he is on his way up, as, as we have discussed. He's got number one hits all over the place, but he's not necessarily this country guy with these country roots. He's from Nashville, but he, he did a lot of hip hop with very accomplished hip hop records and names in the rap business for over a decade. And then he starts doing, and we'll talk about that with him. He's done collaborations with people. I saw one uh, video I just saw a minute ago with Eminem. I don't know if that's real or not. Uh, it may not be. We'll ask him about that and let him tell us because it's a neat little video somebody put together. But he's done a lot of collaborations that are cool. And that's what I, uh, as, as he gets ready to jump on here with us, Alex, I want to ask you about, because you're going to be doing a lot of the talking today, uh, much probably to the enjoyment of our listeners, uh, but no, you'll be talking to him. You're a fan. He's not just a country guy. He's not just a rap guy. He's not just a rock guy. He's got this incredible voice, really cool background with a, you know, a really famous wife, kind of a, a unique look to him. What are you most looking forward to chatting about with Jelly Roll and, and what makes him so special? Why do you enjoy him so much? Yeah, absolutely. So as you guys all know, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty big country fan, which is obviously the genre he's kind of more venturing into now. But the first song I actually heard of his was a song called Creature. Now, it's a couple years old, but it's one of those songs that you remember exactly where you were when you heard it the first time. And it's a it's a rap song or, you know, I guess you could say sort of like hip hop song. Um, and as I started digging more into his musical journey so far, you start digging back through and then his earlier stuff is a lot of rap. You go, you got collaborations, like you said, with big name guys like Tech Nine. Um, and then obviously he's switched genres. I've seen him collaborate with Brantley Gilbert on a song, Son of the Dirty South, which is basically a hardcore rock, but country song. And then now he's got his full on country song with Son of a Sinner. So I want to ask him about that journey because there are some guys who kind of skip between genres. There's very few who are able to do it successfully. And he's done it not only successfully, but across genres that are really not that much alike. You go from rap to country. So I want to learn more about that journey and everything in his life. I know he's got quite a storied past that led to it. Yeah, he's about to jump on. So, Alex, you hit you hit the nail on the head. He, I don't really think you can put one genre on the guy, and he is uber talented when he gets up there. One thing I will say, as we get ready here, I've had you know I've done some some research. I've watched him on some different shows and, and podcasts and interviews. Mm-hmm. One consistency he has, he's a laid back guy. He's incredibly funny, uh, very humble, oh, yeah. really true to his roots, um, and uh, easy to talk to. I hope I'm not setting. You know, hopefully he's ready to chat with us on his. His uh, back road baptism tour, where we'll be catching up with him from the road here in just a minute. But he really, he really is down to earth, and I think we'll see that here in just a second as he's about to call in and uh, and talk to us about that journey you're alluding to, Alex. And so I'm pumped up about him. I think he'll bring some pretty funny stories to us. So let's let's see where he takes us. And now joining us live on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast and Show is none other than Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll. What an honor to have you here, and, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, man. I'm excited, dude. I'm also excited to get on down there and play some songs. Well, I think I'm speaking for just about everybody down in the southernmost uh, Key West. Uh, they're excited. We're excited to have you. So I always kind of start out with this. I, I'd like to know whether it was professionally or leisurely. Have you, have you been to Key West before? I am embarrassed to admit that I have never been to Key West, Florida. 
I have always wanted to go, and I've heard so much about it. So this is this is big for us. Well, that's awesome because you're going to have a good time, and it's going to be quite the atmosphere when you show up at the Coffee Butler Amphitheater for Songwriters Fest. Uh, will you have any time to do some stuff, Jelly Roll, while you're here? Uh, I know you're busy with your tour, and you've got a lot going on. Any chance you can get out Oh, of yeah, dude, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing, I think, the day of the show. Um, my, of all people, my banker. My banker's coming down. He comes down to the BMI Songwriter Fest every year, and he's coming down. And um, he's taking me fishing, so I'm excited. Can't, you know you've made it big when your banker's joining you. My banker only joins me when I owe money. That's it. So uh, that's pretty awesome. I'm telling you, dude, this is weird. It felt weird even saying it. <laughs> but I was like, well, I got I to gotta, I gotta be honest. But it's like, yeah, dude, I'm excited, man. This is a change of pace for me, too. Well, take some pictures of, the, of those fish you catch out there. We need to see that. That'll be pretty cool. And uh, we'll jump into this, Jelly Roll. We've got you here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast with Alex and I. Uh, I'll start out with this question. I was curious because I'm, I'm a huge music fan. I'm from the South like you. A lot of different influences uh, in, in my musical taste, at least. Um, a lot of fans know you and your Ballads of the Broken album by heart at this point. And obviously, including your song, Son of a Sinner. But I don't think a lot of those casual fans know that you have 17 studio albums out there dating back to 2011. Uh, those have ranked you on the top of the charts from R&B, hip-hop, country. Uh, you're about as diverse, literally, as anyone historically that I can recall. To make that kind of progression, to be as good as you were, are still, but even back in those days when you are doing a lot of just hip-hop and R&B, to make that progression and cross over into country, could you have done that in this industry 20 years ago, 15 years ago? I don't know. I, I, I would. My instinct would be to say no, but if we're going to be really honest, Kid Rock did it in 98. Yeah. So, you know, I always knew it was possible, and I, and I give all that credit to guys like Kid Rock and bands like Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit and all my predecessors that I got to watch have these, this big moment in the 90s that made me believe that you could infuse multiple styles of music in one and still be successful. Oh, well, you're speaking my language with all of those bands, but... uh when you, I mean, when you look at that now, obviously you just told us who you gave credit to. Who else were you listening to as a kid? Were you listening to all those different genres or were you started to focus in more towards the, the music you wanted to create? How did that kind of go down? Dude, I'm going to show my age here. I actually lived through that. I went to Lollapalooza 97 and watched <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Prodigy, and Corn take the same stage. You know what I mean? I was there in uh, Atlanta, yeah. I was there, dude. I was live, dude. I was in the flesh. It was all, it's, it's, it's crazy to be a part of stuff like that looking back at it. But, um, so I, I, but early in my childhood, you know, my mother would play everything from Motown to oldies to outlaw country. My father loved like, uh, good listening music. So, like the singer songwriter movement of the late 60s and 70s, a lot of James Taylor. Okay. Um, I came up on a lot of, like, rock and roll with my sister. She was really big into, like, 90s rock all through my childhood. So I was getting to watch that in real time. But she also loved, like, old Metallica and stuff like that. Uh, I had a brother that listened to nothing but hip-hop. I mean, dude, I had, I had a big household, and I was the youngest to control what song was playing in what room. So I just adapted, and I just become to appreciate all of them. Gotcha. So now when, you, when you've gone now through all these different genres, you put out albums in different genres, you top the charts in different genres, is there somebody who is coming to your show that night in Key West, Coffee Butler Amphitheater, 
they have not had streamed a Jelly Roll song before. They've been living under a rock. They're hearing you for the first time. And somebody says, oh, well, well, what's this guy like? What's his sound like? How would you say somebody should describe it to him? Man, nobody's ever asked me that. That's cool. Uh, God, let me think about that. Somebody, how would I describe my sound? If it was somebody else, how would they describe me? Yeah. I God, I don't They'd probably describe it as a country rock rap infusion. Okay. I think would probably be the easiest way to put it. Like, if I was imagining somebody trying to give it, like, the most simplistic way to say it. Like, he's like a country rap rock dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, on that note, Jelly Roll, when you get compared to people, which music fans like to do that, right? Uh, I remember listening to Save Me, and... I'm listening, and you and I, you just were, sounds like we're near the same age listening to a lot of the same stuff. I remember Jonathan Davis was coming out in that kilt, and my, my chill bumps coming out of my shirt but, uh, at Lollapalooza. But I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, you know, Chris Cornell sounds, which hardly anybody can do, and, and you're in that song particularly. And then you break off, in, off into these other harmonies. It's really hard to paint you into a corner or, or like, like one sound, which makes you so unique. But, but who inspires you as a vocalist? Like, who do you think you, you sound similar to, kind of on that note that Alex just asked you about? Well, obviously, like, the rock of the 90s that I listened to, I favored. So, obviously, like, Cornell. Um, but I think I spent most of my life trying to probably, like, most obviously, and I don't know if it seems as obvious as well, if, if it feels, but it's Seeger. Yeah. I just love Bob Seeger. And, like, I remember finding my voice to Bob Seeger. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. It does. So I always felt like he had a big, big impact on me vocally. But uh, Brent Smith from Shinedown, who I got the tour with, was a vocalist I always looked up to. You know, I'll never forget the first time hearing that version of Simple Man acoustic and just bone chilling, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you talk about Seeger, and that makes sense to me as you say that, Jelly Roll, because a lot of your writing is so nostalgic, and it takes you to places, and it comes from a place you can tell from experience. Um, but the one thing that makes you a little different, and I know you get this a lot, and I, I got to talk about it, is, you know, you got this diversity and this artistry, and it's this rock and roll, hip-hop, sound but when when you're this guy who has this look that you you know you probably got the tattoos maybe a guy you wouldn't want to start a fight with in a bar you know like you're, you're this guy uh so somebody looks you up and says wait i was listening to him and he looks like that what's one of the biggest misconceptions that people or do you have misconceptions that people have about you today uh you know when they when they look at your look compared to your sound um you know i think that's one of my greatest gifts yep. the greatest aspect I kind of have for a room that don't know me is that you don't expect anything from me. Yeah. So if I give you just a little bit of something, it's like, oh, okay. You know, uh, the joke the joke I made about the CMT awards to my family privately, I probably shouldn't joke about this publicly, but I said, you know what I'm the most excited about is that I got to give a speech. I got to give a thank you speech. I said, and you know, the whole world probably, I look like a whole dumbass, and I got to get on the microphone and show them I'm just a half a dumbass. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's kind of the thing, you know. Well, you're yeah. you're giving them a lot I think, more. Than I will that. say yeah. this though. I will I will say this if you don't mind. Also, I think the other side of it is though is that, but then when you hear it, after the shock of like, oh, okay, this is dope, you know, you immediately look at me and go, oh, I get it though. Like yeah. it doesn't surprise you. It shocks you, but it doesn't surprise you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's got a little uh, 
it's like what's the difference between being startled and scared? You know what I mean? It kind of gives you a little shock, but it doesn't surprise you because I think people feel the the the, the pain and the emotion out of me. Yeah, and yeah. Alex and I were talking about this in our discussion as you were getting ready to join us, and we we have Jelly Roll here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. But Alex, you were talking about that, and I'll let you ask that question about some of that that range from from the look and the sound from hip hop to country. And you you were saying something about that earlier, Alex. Right. So we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, early in the decade, you have these collaborations, you're doing mostly rap, hip hop type stuff. You're collaborating with guys like Tech 9 Now it's 2021 and you're making your debut at the Grand Old Opry. I mean, pretty much as far apart musically as most people would say um, as you could get. But can you kind of take us through that progression, you know, from hip hop to the current style now? And then uh, I was actually watching an interview that you did a while back where you were talking about how it changed your songwriting process between the genres, because in, you know, rap and hip hop, a lot of times you have more words to express what you want to say. Whereas in a song or a country song, you have to say the same thing with a lot fewer words. So I was wondering if you could kind of take us through that progression. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause you really, you get to really rely on the emotion. You're relying on the emotion when you're singing where it's like there's a lot more room to pander and tell a story when you're rapping, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, and it was also cool just like the concept of going from you walk into a room and a producer plays a bunch of beats and you write a song to a beat to walking into a room and a guy pulls the guitar up and just kind of starts noodling mm-hmm. until it's something everybody likes. Yeah. You know? So, what, like, it's made – songwriting so fucking fun for me to be honest it's just and even learning how to sing and, and singing more and more and more is like i'm just starting to, i think i haven't even scratched the surface on figuring out what my voice can actually do that's, do you find that's scary because that <laughs> it's pretty amazing now that's wild yeah it's serious you know it's like you got to realize i'm like my approach to music was always way more james brown than like anybody else you know james didn't know the difference between a made him feel and that's i think we're, we're, scene, so i'm like oh i'm on to something here yeah i think we lost the connection there just for a second jelly roll but i think we got the gist of that um with james brown the other thing i was wondering too you've got some incredible collaborations and you talk about these people um i was listening to angels cry and of course eminem's with you on that one to go from, and I know you're a hip hop guy originally and you're in country and then you're doing that with him. Uh, did you know Eminem before and does he call you or do you call his people? How do, how do you and Eminem hook up, which was an amazing song and just a great video, but how did that come about? It's crazy. Nobody's ever asked me this question and I'm glad I get to answer it on this platform. All right. I didn't do a song with Eminem. So apparently the internet found a verse of Eminem to the same BPMs as Angels Cry. I'm glad and I asked. put Eminem on Angel's Cry, and it went viral, right? So <laughs> It is crazy because they make the video look like you guys are together, and that's a question somebody asked me to ask you, so I'm glad that's cleared up. But uh, does that bother you? No, is that something you- I mean, I get asked that a lot. I just don't answer it because it's probably way more in my favor for people to take Eminem did a song with me. But it's like, nah, dude, I wish. Man. Yeah, I've tried. You know what? You just gave me an idea, and if this works out, I'll give you credit for it somehow. Is I want to try to get my people to send that to Eminem, I've Eminem's seen, people, and be he's like, had to have seen like, it and like it for real. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, speaking of collaborations, I'm thinking this one actually happened. So, uh, so not a whole lot of artists, I mean, get to hop on a track with their own kids, especially for an entire verse, you know, not just sampling some five second soundbite, but could you talk about what it was like recording uh, Tears Could Talk with Bailey Ann? I mean, how did that come about? Did she kind of spit her own verse or did you have to write it for her? Did you guys do it together? No, she was uh, probably 10 years old at the time. So this was four or five years ago. She's almost 15. <laughs> and Bailey said, um, I knew that she wanted, she kept saying she wanted to do a song. I knew she was writing stuff. So I finally gave her, I said, well, listen, here's the deal. She didn't know enough about vocal control to sing at the time. So I was like, well, what about a rap? And she's like, cool, I'll just write a rap. Now, this is a 10-year-old, right? Right. So I'm like, all right, cool. I literally set her in a room with a beat on loop and a set of headphones. And a pen and paper, and I go, I'm just, I'll come back in and check on you a little later. And I walked in, dude, maybe an hour later, and she wrote a verse. Wow. Man. Yeah, true story. And I, I had nothing to do with it. The only thing I did at all was just help her with understanding a little bit of rhythmic timing in the verses. Right. she'd never laid nothing. So she yeah. was, you know, she was figuring it out. And I was just, oh, okay, cool. Well, listen for the snare. Let's consider this as your measurement of timing. You know what I mean? Like she just, other than that, she just all lyrics, melody, rhythm, all that's her. That's incredible, man. That is awesome. Uh, yeah. And well, so imagine the shit she's writing now that she's almost 15. It's insane. I, I, I was going to say, our, I don't know if we're allowed to ask this, but any, any plans to get her back on some future tracks? No, 100%, man. I've just been kind of letting her focus on school, but she she, she showed a lot of uh, interest in getting back into the arts recently. <laughs> so I kind of had this weird thing where I never wanted to push music on her. And right. there was a time in her life very young that she felt that way. Yeah. Not because yeah. of any other reason, but I was like, hey, here I have to do an extracurricular activity. You know, if you don't pick one, I'll pick one. It's going to be the guitar. And you know how kids are. It's like whatever dad picks is bad. I could have been like, if you don't pick one, it'll be soccer. And she'd be like, I hate soccer. I don't want to do soccer. But because we went through that early in her childhood, I was like, all right, cool. Let's learn. I'm going to let her develop her love for the art and then bring it to me. Right. I mean, that kind of goes into my next question a little bit is I remember we were watching a podcast because she looked, seemed like a very smart, very, very put together young lady. And I was watching the podcast episode, I believe it was of the, the Dumb Blonde episode, where she interviewed uh, you, and she interviews you and your wife, um, who, by the way, I have to say this real quick, my coworker, Patty, she absolutely loves your wife, wanted to tell you to say hi to her. Um, oh, but awesome. that <laughs> What's up, Patty? I'll tell her. <laughs> awesome. All right. I will tell her that. She's going to lose her mind. But that your relationship with your wife, it is so cool to see from the sidelines, but it seems like it's something people still seem to misunderstand at times because they don't really understand necessarily that as I, as I understand it, she was with you from the very beginning before you had gotten to any degree of this mainstream um, success. So can you just talk about what it's been like having with her with you yeah. as you've just asked, skyrocketed because every time I see a picture or video of you guys together you just seem like you are the absolute best cheerleaders for each other oh dude one she's just the best she's such a good spirited woman and so funny um I think the funniest thing about Bunny is the biggest misconception is and I, but you know what I'll be honest I'll say it I've never said this before there is a gold digger in this 
scenario. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it was me. I was dead broke and living in a van, right? And I met Bunny and she had a two bedroom high rise condo in Vegas and a couple cars. And I was like, oh, I got to figure this out. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this is, this is a chance for me right here, you know. But they're they're right. There is there is a gold digger in the scenario, but it's, they're wrong about which person it was. You know, technically, Bunny used me for my body initially, and and and, and we you know to be honest, but I came through it. No, we she's um she's a sweet soul, man, and and we we've always known that there was going to be misconceptions about us because of you know how we look next to each other, but. She's been with me a long time, man. A long time before we thought any of this was possible. Even back then, when we were, you know, daydreaming together, this, this, we didn't have it ever going this way. Yeah, uh, uh, changing gears here for a second uh, with Jelly Roll here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. Uh, I don't want to get political here, but Jelly Roll, you're obviously a, a Nashville guy, raised right around there, and of course, we've had the heartbreaking tragedy that just unfolded. It's really become a pandemic in America, unfortunately, with the school shootings. Uh, and it, I know it really hit close to your heart, close to your home, obviously, uh, recently. Uh, just real quick, what's going on in Nashville? And, you know, people like you that are influential, um, who are heroes to a lot of people that have come up. Uh, how are you, how are these, how's everyone coping with that? And, and how is everyone healing together in that city? Um, you know, I think they're still mourning. You know, I mean, that was a lot to unpack, especially where it happened. And, I mean, it happened in, you know, the Beverly Hills of Nashville is mm-hmm. kind of something they don't talk about on the media. This happened in a really nice, nice, nice area, you know? Um, uh, I, more than anything, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I, what I do know is I appreciate the way that our uh, police chief handled it. Uh, I appreciate the way the officers responded timely, quickly, you know? Yeah. And, I think more than anything, the the only thing that felt that, and this is like the only thing that came from this to me, was I have a bigger appreciation for our police force, especially after seeing how the police force handled it in Texas so poorly. Mm-hmm. So to see the Nashville police handle it the way they did was was really, um, I don't want to say cool because there's just not terms to be used for this kind of tragedy in any way, but it was really eye-opening and encouraging about the way that our, you know, I do have a lot more faith in our police department now. Gotcha. And I don't want to end it on a, a somber note, but I, I did want to recognize that because I know that's important to you in that city. Um, Jelly Roll, what we do sometimes to, I know we have about two minutes left. We want to be respectful to your time. What we do sometimes as a podcast, especially with a star like you, is we'll give the public, we'll go out on social media and, and let them know we've got an inter- interview coming and let them have a chance to ask some questions, kind of a kind of hit real fast and pop and go. Of course, you you feel free to answer as long as you like. But the, um, do you mind if we do a couple uh, questions from uh, our followers? Love, yeah, rapid fire, dude. Love them. Let's do it. All right, here we go. So the first one is from uh, uh, Mandy Miles, who's here with us. We'll start with her. Favorite tattoo and why? Any story behind it? Oh, the cross on my face, man. The big one. And I think because it's probably that one in the music, man, that's tattooed on my head. They were two of the probably last tattoos I got. <laughs> so there's a little recency biasism. But I also love the story. I got the I got the cross tattooed on my face at one of the oldest tattoo shops in America in New Orleans. And that was really cool. So me and my wife did it after like 
a seven day drinking bender. I like it. So it was really yeah. Uh, Jody Badman says, hi, I'm a songwriter in Nashville and coming down to the Songwriters Fest in May. My question is, did you always know you were meant, uh, you were meant to go and, and do music? Were there ever times you really thought you'd quit completely? Thank you. I felt like I wasn't qualified to do anything but music, and it was music, for bu- music or bust for me. But I can also equally say, in honesty, there was a specifically one moment in my career that I really almost gave up and I posted about it and I just felt defeated. And I was just, you know, I just, I thought I was going to have to go get a job or something. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I'm so glad that my father gave me the advice he gave me and that when he told me to just keep chasing it. And I'm so glad that, uh, some people came into my life at that moment, specifically a woman named Mickey and financed my next project that went on to be my first profitable project. And, uh, and that was the beginning of it, man. So even even in my darkest moments, the coolest thing that could have came out of it did. There you go. There you go, Chad. There's your answer. Um, Debbie Commander uh, is going to try and take me off the hook for my Eminem blunder. She says, who would you most like to collaborate with other than Eminem, who you didn't actually? So we know we're trying to put that in the works now, but Debbie says, who else would you like to most collaborate with? I would like to collaborate with, oh, dude, listen, this is such a loaded question because it's, you know, everybody from James Taylor to – Ashley McBride, you know what I mean? I mean, this is all, I'd like to do something with NBA Youngboy. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm just all over the place. There's so many. So every day I see somebody new or or, or get reminded of a band that I forgot about. So I'm like, God, I'd love to work with that person now that I might be able to. Yeah, it, good deal. We'll do like one or two more and get and take you off the hook here. You've been so gracious with your time, Jelly Roll. Um, some uh, Heather Chandler Cabrera asked, uh, when you come down here to Key West, will you be will you be playing any of your older stuff? I guess going back, maybe hip hop, but will you be playing any of that? She says, I sure hope you do. Oh, listen, for sure. This is another thing I want to want to clear the uh, clear the air about about a Jelly Roll show. We're singing everything, man. I mean, every song. You know, I don't want to. You know, trust me. If, if the song's streaming well, we're singing. It. <laughs> I'm saying that's probably the way to put it. We're definitely, it's definitely not like I'm just playing the new album or singing a bunch of country music or rock and roll covers. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm proud to say that it's the same show that we've been doing. We just keep adding on to it as new song hits popular. All right. Last two questions and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, move on and let you get back to what you do. These are the last two, the toughest questions, Jelly Roll. This one's from Stephen Haynes up in Georgia. It says, what's the last package, package you received from Amazon and what was in the package? We get that one sometimes. That's a fun one. Oh, dude, listen, last Amazon package received. <laughs> you ready for this? Let's do it. I got super high one night <laughs> and possibly drunk, but I, I was for sure high. I like where it's going. <laughs> and somehow, I think I, I don't know what happened, but I went back down a Garth Brooks kick. And because I was so high, I couldn't figure out which package which box set because you know he doesn't stream which is so fucking frustrating but i couldn't figure out which package which (laughs) box set of his had the songs i all wanted so i apparently ordered like eight different every box set that garth brooks has ever came out with i ordered and they all came in staggering so like once a week every three or four days somebody in the house would open one and go damn <laughs> a new, look, jelly did you order a garth brooks thing 
I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then three days later, they'd be like, dude, did you order another Garth Brooks thing? And by the seventh one, all I would hear in the kitchen is somebody going, are you shitting me? And I would scream down and go, what? And they'd go, did you order another Garth Brooks box set? <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole new podcast, things we order when we're stoned. That's like the old days yeah. in Virgin when you when you sign up for the tapes and they don't turn it off and they just keep coming, the things you ordered. So uh, that's good Listen, stuff. Listen, I need to tell you all something important for you to ask the next question. There's a baby goat in the back of a truck in Huntsville, Alabama right now. Say, take my phone. Somebody grab a phone. Are you video? Can you see it, Andy? Never mind. Never mind. Andy's got it. There's a baby goat. I'm not kidding you. Look, I'm going to get close for you. Look at him. A real deal baby goat. Hold on. Are you stoned right now? Are you sure there's a goat? We could do a whole podcast with you and this goat and Garth Brooks. <laughs> that poor goat. He's, going, <laughs> he's getting assaulted Listen, by he's jelly roll. He, he looks happy. That's awesome. I'm not making this up. I swear, he got a little baby horn. Look at him, little devil goat. See the little baby horn? He's a little baby feller. Too. I wonder if this dude will sell him. How much for the goat? <laughs> he's going to have to You think we can pull up next to this guy? I want to hear this go down. This is Jelly Roll, oh, folks, oh, trying oh, to purchase oh, a goat yeah, from a guy on the back of a truck in Alabama. You can't oh, get this anywhere else. No, I'm telling you, dude. If God gives me a chance to talk to this man, I'm buying a goat right now. <laughs> yeah. I'll cast this. Should I turn with him? Should I do it, y'all? <laughs> oh, I fuck yeah. nope. A little late. Y'all told me a little late. Uh, like just one, two, all I need was just a quicker, yeah. If you get that <laughs> goat, Jelly Roll, bring that thing to Key West. It's going to be legendary at this First point. Of all, dude, let me tell you who I married. If I showed up with a baby goat, my wife would have a ball. <laughs> she would be tickled. So I, can pick, I can't tell if with a dog one time. She got she got drunk and ordered a pig. Um, we had to get rid of the pig, though. I told her that night, even though we were drunk, I was like, there's no such thing as a mini pig. Because he was like, yes, there are. I was like, no, they're not really mini pigs. They're just they're baby pigs. <laughs> they grow up to be big pigs. <laughs> I'm telling you, because even the pig races that we go to in West Tennessee, they're always baby pigs. Never real pigs. Every time they have a litter, when they get to be a couple months old, they race. Those wrestlers are fast. It's not like a mini pig, but the pig ended up being like 320 pounds. It ended up not working out. I'm sorry. What was your last no, question? No, I, I can't top that. I'll ask you this last question, but, dude, I'll take that goat journey with you anytime. I thought Garth Mar- Brooks was good. We got the goat now. Uh, I you trying to buy a goat on their podcast, so, you it's know, a first, we're good. Absolute first and the best, man. You're awesome. The last question, Jelly Roll, I'm going to put you on the spot. You may know the answer to this, but there's a method to this question and a reason for it. I'll give you a hint. It's a Homer question and uh, a little bit of a trick question. I'm sure you're a Tennessee Titans fan. Can you name the Tennessee Titans general manager, and do you know where he attended high school at? Rand Cawthorn. Oh, you were ready. Oh, you got it. Tennessee Titans general manager. I am embarrassed. I can tell you what pro teams he's worked for and at what capacity, but you've got me on the high school. Now, make make my day here and tell me he's a flipper. Yeah, call your boy up. Tell him you're coming down. You're going to be in a stomping ground because uh, Mr. Carthen is a Key West High School grad. Go Conks, baby, but he's a Key West High School guy. Let's go, baby. That's yeah, right. I need to hit him up and see if he's got the plug. He's a big deal down here now. Yeah. I, uh, I'm excited. I haven't got to meet him yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. 
Well, get them here. That'd be a perfect place for you guys to hang out. And uh, we can't wait to have you here. You've been crazy generous with your time. And we'll take that goat journey with you anytime you want to do it, Jelly Roll, here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. Thank you for your time. I hope to see y'all boys at the show now. See you at the uh, Key West Songwriters Fest. See you there, man. Thank you so much, Jelly Roll. Pleasure having you on. Alex, that was a lot of fun, man. I don't know that I've had more. I've had some really fun shows with some cool stars and big names, and I appreciate all of them. And, and but I don't know I've had that much fun on a podcast with a guy. You can really tell if you weren't a, if you weren't a Jelly Roll fan before, um, you probably are now. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, and it shows you shows you probably why you want to get out and hear this guy. I, that was unreal. I've never seen somebody try to buy a goat in the middle of a podcast. I hope he gets that goat, and uh, he was pretty – I don't think he was joking. He was trying to get that guy to give him the goat. I mean, that's that's Jelly Roll right there, and uh, he's going to be here yep. again Friday, May 5th. He's the headliner at the uh, Key West Songwriters Festival. Always a great time. That's at keywestsongwriters.com. Uh, some tickets still available there, or the Key West Amp, A-M-P, the Key West Amp. Uh, if you want tickets to that show, they'll be gone soon. The ones that are left, is, there is not a bad seat in that house that Ramshead puts on out there for this festival, and that will be the headliner May 5th. You can get those tickets and others for Songwriters Festival there, uh, different kinds of packages, uh, packages and packets, tickets. And again, I want to thank you, Alex, for joining us this week. I want to thank Jelly Roll for <laughs> making this a fun, incredible journey and experience on the podcast. And moreover, and more importantly, I want to thank all of the listeners for making this a fun podcast for us to do. We have a lot of fun with it, and we'll continue to do so. So join us again next week on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. Uh, from this time on, though, have a great week, everyone. Thank you.